One is a zany Christmas film with some confused messages regarding commercialism during the holidays. Uh, the other is less of a sequel and more of just a plain remake, uh, and ends up coming across as a slightly higher-budget Hallmark film. Jingle all the way. They remade it. Hi, and welcome back to They Remade It. I'm your host, Stuart. And I'm your host, Jacob. And welcome to the holiday season, officially. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and etc., etc. God save us from this commercial nightmare, etc., etc. Yeah, goodwill towards towards all. Mm-hmm. As they Especially our, your, you know, sponsored retailer of the year or whatever the fuck. Who's, little... your, who's your preferred retailer? Um, I, I, I mean, preferred real. It's like, hmm, what, what kind of, <laughs> what kind of tumor do I prefer? Um, KB Toys. <laughs> I don't have one. If I can buy something somewhere, then okay, that's all I need. I do not. I don't have preferences. Oh, that's nice. I've gotten a little. I've gotten a little jaded in my old age. Yeah, I'll say old age. <laughs> <laughs> Those, it was one of those things where it, it keeps cycling for me. I'm I'm sure I'll go back around to it because late high school and then throughout college, I reached that really jaded point and now I've cycled back around to, well, what am I going to do? And I'm sure in a couple years I'll be bitter, bitter again. It, that's how it always goes with me. I look back at five, four years ago, me, and I'm like, what was I doing <laughs> all the yeah, time? I'm, I'm working on it myself, um, you know. Good old, you know, getting help for the whole depressive nature thing. Um, so that's helping out with the jadedness a bit. So um, it's basically like <laughs> medically diagnosed dickhead. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah. Well. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I could make some sort of like charged joke at some group in particular, but honestly, I just don't have the care for it anymore. <laughs> That's the spirit. And hey, hopefully uh, our two films today put you in a, a right holly jolly mood. Well, they'll put uh, me in something, I'm sure. So so to speak. So. <laughs> oh, God. I, pre- I prefer the movies... The uh, I prefer to just talk about what other movies we've been watching for now. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, let's not jump the gun. I imagine... <laughs> I imagine you probably have a longer list than me again. I've watched at least a couple things and like chunks of other things. So, uh, slightly, uh, slightly. Yeah. So, I mean, for the first time in a really long time, I don't have any theater based news to report. I have not been to the theater since our last recording, even though I was trying to do it pretty frequently. Mm. And that's just because these past couple weeks have been, very hectic, uh, as you can attest to. 
Yep. So it's the holiday season. That stuff's going to happen. Uh, but I am, I, I do have plans to go this Friday evening uh, to see uh, the new Ghostbusters movie in theaters. So oh, yeah. I will be able to discuss that next time, at least. Forgot about that one. Uh, yep. Uh, there's not too much out, right? I mean, what, uh, that Eternals. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not even King Richard. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of people aren't, I'm fine with that. Uh, I, and this is, this is a sidebar and I realize it and I will almost certainly talk about it more in the year wrap up show. Um, but the fact that we have now seen a Marvel movie pretty much flop we know the beast bleeds. Yeah, we we. I'm so happy. We just gotta uh, prod it a bit more. Just um, open the wound, damn it! But that being said, I did watch a couple of things and play a couple of things. I well, firstly, I uh, I always go through this where I have a couple games in my backlog in this collection that I have, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go through them, and nothing at all went right this week. I was like, cause I have Splatoon for the Wii U and I was like, you know, I actually haven't played it yet. I'm going to play it. Uh, the Wii U gamepad charger is busted. So my Wii U gamepad is dead. Ah. <laughs> and so it won't let me play the game. And I'm like, okay, uh, great. I have something on my switch that I was going to play. Uh, the switch will not connect to my TV. <laughs> It's oh, something shit. with the, something with the dock. I think uh, I you can play those games handheld, obviously, but I'm I just can't do handheld stuff anymore. So I was like, all right, gonna put that off for now. The the, <laughs> the years of furiously playing Nintendo DS games have truly ruined all of us. Yeah, I my neck doesn't move that way anymore. Yeah. No. Um. So uh, finally, I was like, you know what? I have a Sega Saturn that I haven't taken out of the box in a little bit. And I've been wanting to uh, play Mr. Bones because I've never finished it. It's a great game with a lot of musicality, a lot of musical elements, and I enjoyed what I played before. So I popped that out. Disc one is missing. So I'm like, well, I can't play anything. So uh, instead I watched some things. Yay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, th- that was my escapade. And that was just in the past, like, four days. Yeesh. So. Uh, but At least you get to watch something. Yeah, and, and most of it has just been catching up on on uh, TV shows uh, and some anime uh, that has been coming out, some of it through Netflix. Uh, Cowboy Bebop, the live action one came out, and I was like, I don't know if I want to touch you yet. <laughs> so that's, heard, that's there. <laughs> I've heard pretty mixed things, to be honest. Uh, everything positive I have heard has always been coupled with the fact that it shouldn't be a Cowboy Bebop show. So I'm sure that's good. I'm sure that uh, that heard, merits something. I've heard it's mm. got a bit of the Joss Whedon-itis with its dialogue. Oh, it it do. I've, I've seen clips where Spike is saying some very unspike things, we'll say. God, uh, God damn you, Whedon. May, you, may, may your hell be filled with like, shitty quips. He's he's truly ruined our culture. Um But hey, yeah, so uh besides all that and, and oh uh I was going back through some Seinfeld because I, I saw that got added to Netflix. So 
nothing that warrants big discussion, really. Just a lot of minor things here and there. And I did watch one new movie. Not brand new, but new to me. Um, so following Dune and the failed Dune episode that we were not able to make, uh, I started doing some more research into Dune, uh, just out of interest. Um, and the, something I had heard about prior to the David Lynch Dune was about, uh, this director that was trying to make his magnum opus Dune and it, it fell through for budgetary reasons. Hollywood didn't want to touch it. He was sort of a surrealist director. Um, yeah, which like, honestly, like you'd think would work out kind of well for Dune of all things. <laughs> You would think so, but I mean, there are other problems with that movie he wanted to do, which frankly, I'm like, I kind of side with the studio on this. But anyways, uh, what I didn't know is that a documentary about it was made in 2014. So I watched that documentary. Um, Hmm. It's called Yodorowsky's Dune. And it's an interview with him and all of the extremely talented people that he pulled together to try and make this project uh, and and not just like, oh, I want this person, I want that person. Literally everyone he went to like said they'd do it and then it just fell through at the last minute because none of these studios would finance it. But um, it's so uh, it's so interesting to see him like sort of talk about this experience he wanted to create where it's like this is, this movie is going to be a religious experience. You will leave the theater changed. I'm like, okay, uh, I'm sure it'd be good, but, but he is one of those very avant-garde directors and okay. Look, it doesn't come up until like the last 10 minutes of the movie, but one of the primary problems, which if I was a studio exec, I wouldn't finance this thing either is he wanted it to be like 12 hours long. And I'm like, it, no one would sit sit for that. I wouldn't sit through that. I have trouble getting through a three-hour movie, See, <laughs> let alone half a day. See, this is the shit that we're talking about, people. Like, how we've talked about in the past of, we are, we like movies. We will never really, in the end, at the end of the day, ever call ourselves film buffs. Because this is what film, being a film buff does to you. It does this whole thing of, like, it's creating a religious experience. It's going to be 12 hours long. Like, you, these folks live in a fantasy world if they think that's anything that anyone would willingly do. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Like, it's a grand thought to have, and it's, in a way, like, ambitious and kind of respectable to be like, yeah, I want this to be a possible thing. It's just... It's, it's batshit insane. <laughs> and it's... Yeah, but, but everything else about the project, you know, is is so neat and they have all this art from it because he he has a full-on art book that he storyboarded with these people and he was getting this guy that from london who was doing sci-fi covers to design a lot of things on arrakis and he got eight he got hr geiger to design a lot of the harkonnens like ships and things uh Salvador Dali was going to be the emperor Orson well he actually got Orson Welles to agree to be Baron Harkonnen and Christ he he met Orson he met it's my favorite part of the documentary he met Orson Welles in uh in Welles's favorite restaurant I think in Paris where he's like drinking six bottles of wine as late years Welles does and he describes the project to him and Orson Welles says uh no I don't think so 
So Yodorowsky's like, what if I hire the chef from this restaurant to just come to the set and make you food every day? And Wells immediately goes, yep, I'll be there. <laughs> and and so now Orson Wells is ta- attached to the project. <laughs> wow. And nice. Pink Floyd was going to do the music. Like it, Mick Jagger was going to be in it. And all these people said, yes, it's like looking at this is like crazy. I wish I could experience some semblance of this, but they never even got to shoot it. Was this it, the man with the golden tongue? My God, he he like, does have a uh, he does have an elegant way of speaking. I uh, I'm not gonna speak out of school, I guess, because I don't have the research on hand. But he is he's from Norway or Sweden or one of those countries uh, over there in Europe. I cannot remember which though. Scandinavia, uh, unfortunately, yeah, something like that, or maybe it even I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, that that was a really interesting watch. It's like an hour and twenty eight minute documentary, um, huh. and it it's fascinating. And I can the entire time he had me on his side, that silver tongued devil. I'm like, why didn't they make it? Why didn't they make it? And then he drops the bomb in the last ten minutes about you know being sort of rigid on his idea and wanting to make it twelve hours long and whatever. And I'm like, okay, well that's why you didn't make it. This is like, and again, folks, this is very often why good art doesn't get made. It's because it's the idea of if you can't have it exactly as your brain can come up with, which by the way, your brain can come up with some absurd bullshit. Like anyone who's thinks like, oh, you can never be that creative. Anyone can be that creative. The brain is capable of some weird shit. Like the fact that if like being uncompromising in that, that is why so much good art probably doesn't get made. I I would imagine so. So just fucking, oh lord. Yep, but uh, that's pretty much all I saw. Yodorowsky's doing. Go go see it, everybody. Uh, I'm surprised it was like seven years ago and I completely missed it. But it's a very good know. documentary. Wow. Uh, so uh, what have you been watching though? Um. Well, like I said, I've been watching like chunks of things. I ended up. Basically, watching the entirety of the movie Creed, uh, like the Rocky, like the, the Rocky, Rocky Balboa yeah. kind of like spinoff, um, just through YouTube clips. Essentially, it basically like <laughs> there are enough clips on there. Uh-huh. I basically got a solid seventy five percent of the movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, I think it was fun. Um, it's it's hard to dislike a good boxing movie because it's like it's pretty straightforward. Like, I'll I'll defend to my dying day that boxing is probably the most bare bones a sport can get before it's just like because like ultimately sports is just a roundabout way of finding a way for two folks to just beat the shit out of each other because like at a certain point people are like well we can't actually start beating the shit out of each other we gotta find like ways to make sure it's safe and ways to make sure we can keep doing this later so we don't kill each other and that sort of thing yeah and so it just got more and more complicated meanwhile boxing basically just came up with the idea of what if we just have pillows on our fists (laughs) Um, so, you know, I have a lot of respect for it, for that. I'm not super into actual boxing myself. I think it's just kind of dull. Um, obviously like, you know, obviously like anything can be kind of interesting. I just like the idea of keeping up with it and watching it for long periods of time. I just could never do. Um, I mean, I, I agree with that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I liked it plenty. I, I know the story of the original Rocky movies, at least for the most part. I think I've just heard them enough times over, over the years. Um, so I at least knew what was going on for context. Um, yeah, no, like fucking 
Sylvester Stallone fucking keeping himself in, sh- in shape into like what is it, like late fifties or sixties now. Yeah, how uh, how does he do it? My God, like the man, like he looks better now than he did in the original Rocky movies, honestly. Because um, now he actually has he kind of like grew into his he kind of grew into himself. He kind of looks like a blow up doll in, in the early <laughs> movies. <laughs> That's great. Now, uh. The- Slight sidebar. I guess both of us are using up our sidebars at the beginning of the show. But didn't um, Jackie Jackie Stallone, the rumpologist, didn't she pass away uh, la- just last year? I have no idea. <laughs> I think she passed away either early this year or last year. Huh. I that mean... literally means nothing. You just made me think of it. I was like, oh, I... <laughs> I gotta say, I... Don't did know I'll, at all. <laughs> did I bring up Sylvester Stallone's mom passing away on the podcast? I don't remember. Um, <laughs> I'm sure like, maybe. Um, that's honest. I honestly couldn't tell you, bud. Uh, oh, well. <laughs> um, but, um, damn it, I, I can't remember. Yeah. Well, I, I so didn't really great. have a point beyond, like, you know, t- Sylvester Stallone looks good for his age. Michael B. Jordan looks great for his age, obviously. Um, you know, it was just it, just a well-made movie. Um, they had a really cool scene. It was like the first ever like one-shot like fight scene, like the, like a boxing match. Um, and it was it was really cool. Um, so a lot of technical impressive um, impressive technicals and everything throughout it. So yeah, solid movie. Um, Very. I cannot think we would could ever do the Rocky series on the show because it feels like it'd be impossible because we'd have to do like all the Rocky movies. To it would have to be, yeah, we would have to figure out some creative way to do it. Like what we've talked about with like James Bond in the past or something. So, yeah. So, but you know, if, if that day comes, then well, I've already at least seen this one. <laughs> yeah. I'm um, excited to talk about Paulie's birthday robot. Oh yeah. That, my favorite character. Um, Beyond that, for for movies, I also watched. I think the only other one I really actively watched was um, uh, the Netflix film "The Harder They Fall." Um, it was the uh, Wild West movie with the uh, the predominantly, basically entirely all black cast, um, which they are all based off of re- you know real people uh, like Nat Love, uh, Stagecoach Mary, um, fucking Bass Reeves, the the guy who the Lone Ranger was based off of, who was the Truly one of the most stone-cold lawmen in the West. <laughs> it was, like, no, not even a joke. Um, but it was, like, they used the character names. They were basically nothing like the real-life counterparts. Um, I'm pretty sure none of these guys even really interacted all with each other in real life, from what little I remember of when I was obsessed with the Wild West. Um, it was okay overall. <laughs> um, so much hype. <laughs> I saw, yeah, sorry. Um, like, I, I had seen it, you know, advertised around a lot, like everyone being like, oh, this is really cool, like an all-black cast. And like, yeah, like it, it, that itself is pretty cool. It's kind of a mess as far as the story goes. Um, there's a lot of, like, they the characters feel pretty generic overall. Um, obviously, the main guy is kind of a smooth-talking, like, like smooth talking kind of chauvinistic guy who, you know, kind of has a harder edge by the end. You know, the main love interest is a no nonsense bar owner. Who's also like, doesn't get pushed around by the guys sort of thing. Um, 
it's and there's also just like a lot of different plot points that kind of like start to do something but don't actually mean anything it's also weirdly predictable by the end i'm like also well not i'm predictable is the wrong word it's kind of like it sets up a situation where you're expecting where it's meant to be like oh this character has been basically offered this ultimatum to kill this person but if they kill this person the bad guy technically wins it's like oh no it's terrible and then they actually do end up killing the person i'm like oh uh okay there was no just kind of move, <laughs> guess guess we're just gonna kind of move on from that um <laughs> like a few characters die like obviously there's like it sets up a cast of characters of like okay, you basically get like put a counter on their heads of like okay when are they gonna die to raise the stakes yada yada and they even then they die pretty much with hardly a word um it's just like there's a lot of, there's a lot of weird not even really loose ends it just doesn't really seem like anything kind of coalesces into anything specific it's just kind of like guy it really just starts out old west guy is scorned in his youth by some villain he grows up resentful to go hunt down this villain at the end of the movie he does hunt down villain and that's it it's like okay <laughs> nothing, nothing super special about it it was still like it was pretty well made the you know action scenes were good but it's just it was kind of hard to see the point ultimately <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I guess go see it. I don't know. Fucking, but the, I, don't, I, I, I mean, the... <laughs> I'm just like, I'm not necessarily saying you specifically. I mean, like, I like I like westerns, but there's definitely better westerns, right? There's also a lot worse ones. So honestly, <laughs> it has done nothing Fair. essentially <laughs> in the end. Um, I think though that covers it for what I've watched. Uh, beyond that, I've just been playing games because um. You know, like new, you know, like I'm sure I mentioned before, new laptop that can actually play games without bursting into, bursting on fire. Um, uh, the main one I've been doing has been lately has been Deep Rock Galactic, um, which I don't know if you've heard of that one, but it's basically just like, oh, it's basically just like, oh, you're a dwarf in a team of dwarves in the in the future in space going onto a planet and basically fighting the monsters, the monster bugs from Starship Troopers. And that's basically it. Okay. Like, it's fun. It's like you're in a team of four, like other folks and everything. You kind of have different objectives. It's, it's honestly a lot of fun. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it sounds like fun. It's like, it's like quick matches usually. I mean, like, obviously more complex ones take longer. But yeah, it's everything from, like, you just go down to mine a certain mineral and then you got to get the hell out. Sometimes you got to escort this big, like, like moving drill to get to a specific resource. Sometimes you have to like, you're basically creating an underground, um, like oil refinery that you have to defend. Um, it's, it's, it's good fun. I, I, I spend the majority of my time playing that. Okay. What, what, what was that game that we played in college? Uh, it was also space based and you were in groups of four and you'd go down and. Oh, Oh, do uh, tasks. Hell divers. Helldivers, yes, yes. Yeah, the game I hated, yeah. Yeah, the game that you really did not care I for. Just, I, okay. I just because every time, yeah. every task you were describing, I was like, oh, I this sounds very it's, familiar, but with dwarves. It's <laughs> like, it is similar, but it's like, it's not a top-down, it's, it's like first-person and everything, and it's a lot more fair <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> okay. Um, it's like, plus like the whole thing of it is you're in this essentially this planetoid that's been overmined and like is collapsing so much that it's basically just peppered full of holes um 
and your whole thing is like you, the whole environment's like completely destructible. Like you have to be able to like navigate through these caverns. Like you have to, you know, dig up like passageways. You have to like put down zip lines or like create artificial platforms and everything to get get around it. It's a it's a lot of fun just with the verticality. Mm, um, okay. So like I also like I, I think you'd like it. Like just you know you can check it out sometime. I might actually do that. I mean, I certainly have a PC that can play games yeah. like that now. So it's it's relatively low impact by comparison to a lot of games. So, like I said, the the matches themselves are all pretty self contained. So, all right, yeah. uh, Deep Rock Galactic. You heard it here, folks. Deep Rock Galactic vote on it at the <laughs> next Joystick Game Awards, or yes, I think it's. I think it only recently exited. Um, early access officially but anyway i have one other game i did and I, it's kind of inconsequential at this point um it's a game called valheim which is like an open world mm. viking game now um, that i do know about that one um i was having a lot of fun for the first kind of stage of it you have to beat like these like big bosses to kind of you know move forward in the game um got to the second area and immediately started getting killed over and over and over again and it's honestly not that fun anymore. <laughs> it's, it is. I have hit a wall that I really don't have much desire to climb over now. So it might be easier in groups, but there, it doesn't look like you can actually join. You can properly join like community servers. It says you can, but they're all locked every time I try to do it. And it's only ever like one person on them anyway. And these are like between like hundreds of servers. So it's like either something's fucked or they just don't work. Um, so, I'm unless like the friend group decides to get into this, I'm probably just going to leave it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I, 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 there's something to be said about like having difficulty in your game, especially ramping up or having different areas that have a much more increased skill level. But if you, if you don't have a desire to conquer it, it's like, well, is that really your fault or is that the game's fault for not grabbing you enough so that you want to, over overcome that yeah so i also imagine if we as a friend group would play it it would just kind of be the terraria situation again which is to say you guys wanting to make basically just like bare bones structures to go get all the achievements meanwhile i'm actually trying to like build structures and shit and just stay at home (laughs) me and nick haven't done it in a while because his schedule is so hectic but we the both of us did pick up terraria just a few months ago and we played for like two nights and the entire conceit was, okay, we want to get through, we want to beat the game, and we want to beat hard mode, but let's, like, actually do something. And so we started building, like, a, a treehouse-style base in the jungle, and hey, we just hey. haven't been able to go back to it. You guys finally fucking you know, did something that I did. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, I guess I can't blame the two of you, you being... Like, Nick was a mech engineer, wasn't he? Yeah. And then and your computer, like, computer engineering? Pretty much, yeah. So I. <laughs> so, meanwhile, architectural engineer, um, or engineering rather. Um, so I guess it all makes sense. <laughs> I I think so. Yeah, it's like I just I want to play the you know, the RPG elements of the game. And I'm like I like making right. things. You gotta get the materials though, Stu. Are you gonna get the materials to make things? <laughs> I mean, like, I got my clay. I got my stone. <laughs> That's all, I, that's all I need for me. You don't want to build out of, like, metals? Sounds expensive. 
I, it, it can and, be. <laughs> and impractical. <laughs> do, you, do you know the, the tensile strength of, of steel compared to that of brick? No, but I know that metal get hot. Indeed. So, so do brick. That is how you make brick. I don't even know where I'm at anymore. <laughs> that's that's yeah. pretty much all I got. <laughs> all right, Valheim. It's kind of a it's kind of shitty. <laughs> it's still in early access. I'm sure they're working on some of the balance stuff, but it's just it's yeah. I got frustrated. And I just didn't want to play it anymore. No, I I, I understand. <sighs> well, I, I I I don't know what to say. I wish yeah. you had ended your discussion on Creed. Because then I'd be like, well, boxing and wrestling, they're not that... Well, they are, but they're in the same... There's a WWE field? guy in the sequel to the thing we're watching today. Yeah. It's, it's the best silly. I we can don't do. know why he's there, and I've never even heard of him, even with little what little knowledge I have of WWE. So, welcome to it, folks. <laughs> uh, jing, jing. Jingle all the way. Yeah. things off we'll be talking about jingle all the way from 1996 directed by brian levant and written by randy cornfield workaholic minneapolis mattress salesman howard langston played by arnold schwarzenegger loves his wife liz played by rita wilson and nine-year-old son jamie played by jake lloyd but he's unable to find time for his family and often put in bad light by his neighbor uh recent divorcee ted malton played by the late phil hartman who harbors unrequited feelings for Liz. Now that you have the entire thesis of the movie, the actual plot will begin. After missing Jamie's karate class graduation, Howard resolves to redeem himself by fulfilling Jamie's Christmas wish of an action figure of Turbo Man, a popular television superhero reminiscent of Power Rangers. Uh, despite Liz actually having asked him to buy one two weeks earlier, which Howard forgot about. On Christmas Eve, Howard sets out to buy the toy, but finds that every store has sold out and in the process develops a rivalry with Myron Larrabee, played by Sinbad, who's a postal worker father with the same ambition. In desperation, Howard attempts to buy a figure from a group of underground counterfeit toy-running Santas, which results in a massive fight in the warehouse that is broken up when the police arrive. Howard narrowly escapes this arrest by posing as an undercover officer. Exhausted at his failure and out of fuel, Howard goes to Mickey's diner and calls home, intending to tell his wife the truth. Jamie answers the phone, but keeps reminding Howard of his promise to be home in time for the annual holiday wintertainment parade. Losing his patience, Howard yells at Jamie, after which he feels guilty and depressed after Jamie scolds him for not keeping his promises. 
Howard finds Myron at the diner, and they share their experiences over coffee, where Myron tells Howard of the re his resentment towards his own father for failing to get him a Johnny 7 OMA for Christmas. After the discussion, the two overhear a radio station advertising a competition for a Turbo Man doll. The ensuing fight between Howard and Myron results in the diner's phone getting damaged, forcing Howard and Myron to race to the radio station on foot, where the DJ tells them that the competition was actually for a Turbo Man gift certificate. DJ played by Martin Mole, strangely enough. The police are alerted, but Howard and Myron escape after Myron threatens the officers with a seemingly phony letter bomb. Officer Alexander Hummel, played by Robert Conrad, uh, who is also a character that Howard has run into twice already, investigates the package only to have it detonate, much to the men's shock. Upon returning to his suburban, Howard finds it stripped by car thieves with Mary Xmas spray-painted on the windshield. He returns home in a tow truck only to find Ted putting the star on his Christmas tree. In retaliation, Howard attempts to steal the Turbo Man doll Ted bought for his son Johnny but can't bring himself to steal from a child. Unfortunately, he is caught in the act and left alone while his family goes to the Christmas parade with Ted. After letting Jamie and Johnny out of the car, Ted attempts to seduce Liz, but she violently rejects him by hitting him with a thermos of eggnog. Meanwhile, remembering his promise to Jamie to go to the parade, Howard decides to attend as well, but runs into Hummel yet again. The ensuing chase leads to Howard hiding in a storage room where he is mistaken for the actor portraying Turbo Man and dressed in the highly technological costume. As Turbo Man, Howard uses his chance to present a limited edition action figure to Jamie, but they are confronted by Myron dressed as Turbo Man's enemy, Dementor. Despite Howard's pleas for Myron to stop, a long chase ensues involving even a jetpack flight. Myron acquires the toy from Jamie, but is cornered by police officers while Howard saves his son. Howard reveals himself to the family and apologizes for his shortcomings. The police return the toy to Jamie as Myron is arrested, but Jamie decides to give the toy to Myron for his son, proclaiming his father is the true hero. The crowd from the parade carries Howard for being a hero, while Myron, Liz, and Jamie look on and smile. Later that night, in a post credit scene of all fucking things, like this is a Marvel movie, Christ. Howard finishes decorating their Christmas tree by putting the star on top. However, when Liz asks Howard what he got her for her, he shockingly realizes that he forgot to get her a gift. And the music goes dun-dun-dun and zooms in on his face and whatever. Next, we'll be going through Jingle All the Way 2, directed by Alex Zam and written by Stephen Mazur. Truck driver Larry Phillips, played by Larry the Cable Guy, competes with the current husband of his ex-wife, the wealthy businessman Victor, played by Brian Stepanek, for his daughter Noelle's affection, Noelle played by Kennedy Clements. And yes, her name is actually Noelle. Sorry. Larry tries to find out what Noelle wants most by surreptitiously opening Noelle's letter to Santa Claus after offering to mail it to her. Mail it for her. He then tries to buy what he believes is her heart's desire, a Harrison the Talking Bear toy, which also happens to be the toy of the season. However, new stepfather Victor sends his spy, a man he employs named Welling, played by Eric Brecker, to follow Larry and find out what it is Noelle wants, so he could be the one to fulfill her dreams. Victor is determined to make it impossible for Larry to get his hands on a Harrison bear by having Welling buy every one that he can find and thwarting Larry each time he tries to get his hands on one. The schemes to which Larry goes through are numerous. After attempting multiple times to simply purchase one through various toy stores around town, he also visits a mall Santa giving one away and basically threatens him with poop humor until Santa relents and gives it to him. Unfortunately, a young boy Welling is paid to act like a poor urchin cons Larry out of despair. 
Later, Larry and his pal Claude, played by wrestler Anthony Corelli, compete in a bull riding competition where the bear is a prize. Unfortunately, the bear is second prize, and Larry coming in first means all he gets is a lousy vacation package to the Poconos. He is called to a warehouse to buy what is essentially a black market bear being sold at an inflated price, but the cops bust in and confiscate the dolls. Then, out of nowhere honestly, Larry realizes that Victor is the one doing all this to him. Meanwhile, Victor stockpiles all the bears he acquires in a room in his box company. Larry tricks Victor into giving away the location of the bears and follows him into the room where they are kept but accidentally locks them both in. At the tree lighting ceremony in town, a savvy female reporter has investigated who bought all the bears, which is Welling, and outs him to all the parents at the ceremony who have tried to buy one for their child. She declares Victor as the true villain of the movie, which causes the crowd to focus their anger against Victor and his box company instead of Welling. Meanwhile, inside the box company, Larry and Victor have discovered what is going on and finally come together to save the situation. How do they do this? Well, as Larry explains, Victor bought up all the bears so that he could give them to the people of the town for free. Of course! Victor isn't a piece of shit executive at all. Finally, the two sort of reconcile and the four of them decide to have Christmas together. Larry and Victor give Noel the prize toy from both of them, only to find out Noel never wanted the toy at all. They question her not wanting the toy and point out it was in her letter to Santa Claus. Larry produces the letter, which to his dismay, when correctly interpreted, says something completely different from what he had thought. She didn't ask for a Harrison, but rather for her family to be together as one. Uh, side note, this is a phonetical mistake and is pretty comedic if you think about it. They discover a burned turkey and then proceed to fight about where to go out to eat. The end. And then like a weird kind of pop version of Jingle Bells kind of goes on over the credits. It's very strange, but you know what? It's a welcome change from all the rockabilly Christmas music that plays during the actual film. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gets really, I get sick of it. God, you never know what you got till it's beaten over the head with rockabilly. Leroy, the redneck reindeer pulling on. Hit, 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 hit. Uh, Maddening. God, God damn the fake redneck <laughs> community. <laughs> That's right, yeah, I called it the fake those... redneck community. Come at me, fake rednecks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they will. Yeah, so uh, I will do full circle and then we'll go on to the actual meat of the discussion. Alright, so we have a number of Full Circle entries this time, which is fucking upsetting. But, we will get started anyways. The most obvious, Arnold Schwarzenegger plays Howard Langston in Jingle All the Way 1996 and was Douglas Quaid Hauser, also Hauser, in 1990's Total Recall. I'm actually surprised we have only covered Arnold once before. I mean, like, to be fair, most of the stuff he does is pretty, it's like, it's... It, no, a lot of it's not original, but it's certainly not remakes. <laughs> That's true. I, I just... Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. I know there's a, a Kindergarten Cop number two with Dolph Lundgren. I don't know, maybe we'll do that sometime. Yeah. At least Kindergarten Cop is a good movie. But... Yeah. Well, debatable, but continue. <laughs> well, that depends, I, I guess. I like it, but anyways... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Greg Bronson plays a toy store shopper in Jingle All the Way and uh, an upscale passenger in 2001's Rat Race. Uh-oh. 
And Harvey Corman plays the president in Jingle All the Way and is the voice of Floyd in The Secret of Nim 2, Timmy to the Rescue. Do you that remember? Is a, that is a deep fucking... Do I remember anything <laughs> from Secret of Nim 2? No, no I do I, not, Jacob. <laughs> I wasn't going to ask that. I was going to ask, do you remember there being a president and a first lady in Jingle All the Way? Because I honestly I I mean, do not. I think it may have been like a newscast thing, like meant to be like a message to the nation to sort of shit. I don't know. Like the Maybe. fucking movie, shows in the nineties love doing the whole thing of like, Oh, it's like we have the president on the TV giving context or like making it seem like a real world or some shit. I don't know. It's stupid. <laughs> right. I, I just, I, I was taken aback because I was like, I was actively watching this movie and it says not only Harvey Corman is the president, but Lorraine Newman is the first lady. And I was like, what the fuck? I don't remember seeing either of them. So I must have zonked out for, like, a minute. But whatever. <laughs> I mean, like, it clearly wasn't that consequential, so... It, no, not at all. Uh, anyways, uh, two more for 96 Jingle All The Way. First, Jim Belushi, of course, plays the mall Santa, the one that escorts Arnold to the warehouse full of evil Santas, uh, and plays Patrick Martin in Little Shop of Horrors 1986, the musical version, of course. Yeah. And John Rothman was the mall toy store manager in Jingle All the Way. He was Dr. Myron in 2008's The Day the Earth Stood Still, and he was the administrator of the Haunted Library in 1984's Ghostbusters. So, this guy's getting around in every decade. I guess. (laughs) Ugh. And now we got two for Jingle All the Way, too. How appropriate, right? Uh, But I'll lump them together. This is Jacqueline Robbins and her sister Joyce Robbins. They play Lorraine and Rita, respectively, in Jingle All the Way 2. This is a couple of old women, woman twins that, like, speak in creepy unison. Which Um, I was like, I weirdly loved them because they were just like, oh, these guys, we we just have, like, two of the fates just hanging out in the second town. The the only good part of the movie, I think. Yeah, like the, the... the Zarin the Zarina city sisters the fucking the, the Russian folklore thing. <laughs> yeah. Know. However, we have seen these uh, actresses once before. They played the blind twins in the Nick Cage classic from two thousand six, The Wicker Man. Oh my god! <laughs> that is them. <laughs> Holy shit! What is? How do you get slumming it in the Larry the Cable Guy movie? <laughs> are, are these two? Is this a connected universe? <laughs> Yes, it's the same. Larry's going to be in the ones. statue next. They ended up retiring from the creepy like cult island and came to this whatever town and this Hallmark <laughs> world. I, I, I think they're I think they're there to recruit. And honestly, Wicker Man Two will be Larry the Cable Guy getting burned alive. I fully expected just like <laughs> the full Wicker Man burns down and he just steps out completely unscathed for no discernible reason. Uh, that's probably what they do, or he'd have like comedic Daffy Duck style explosive face. Yeah. Like, that was a hoot. I was burning like a pork rind. <laughs> so. How do you get typecast uh, as creepy, idiosyncratic, like twin women? Old women, no less. I don't know, but sign me up. I mean, yeah, like honestly, like I, if I could do that, I totally would. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that is, that is full circle. Uh, please, Stu, save me from this. If, of if course. Only briefly. Um, well, um, you know, you know me, I like to kind of come out of the gate with a, occasionally with a more controversial opinion. Um, I 
kind of hate Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, <laughs> I really don't like him as an actor. That's I fair. Kind of liked him in Total Recall, but only barely because it was very clear. Like, oh, it is absurd that this incredible buff man is living this normal domestic life, which is the entire point of the film. Um, because he's literally a secret agent. Um, otherwise I think his acting style is really cringy and really just does not translate well with just who he is as a person. (laughs) I, I, I truly, every time I see him in anything that isn't just like straight hard action, like I like him in Predator. I like him in Terminator 2, obviously, but anything other than that, it falls so damn flat. I could not bear to watch much of it. <laughs> he, he, you cannot be putting this guy in comedies and expect good results. I, I know we talked about Kindergarten Cop very briefly earlier. The only reason I like that movie is because it's a comedy, but the conceit is that he's still like this action guy. He's just undercover, which I kind of find enjoyable, but like, yes, junior or twins or any of these other comedies he's doing it's like this guy is he's out of place he's a sort he sticks out horribly just austrian sore thumb (laughs) yeah i'm living in suburbia (laughs) that that, that was that was actually pretty good um um, yeah like i just i've wanted to like him more than i have jesus fucking christ like if i have to listen to like it just doesn't make sense for him to be in this situation. Like, there, there was, there's a movie, a pretty inconsequential movie, and it was pretty crap overall, but it's a Sylvester Stallone movie called, um, I think, just Jailbreak or something, um, where it's this dude whose entire profession is finding out how to break out of prisons. And Arnold Schwarzenegger is a side character, is like the secondary lead in it. And... He, it's the closest I can think he, I think he ever comes to be doing genuine comedy. He plays a, like a smart ass in it, like the whole thing. Um, and he actually does it pretty fucking well. <laughs> like, it's like, okay, he is this guy who is still ultimately a stone cold badass, but he does it in a way that's like, oh, I'm just kind of like putting up with this shit and just having fun along the way, which truly just seems like how Arnold Schwarzenegger would be just in real life. Uh, it's like I was the governor for a while that shit was whack Uh, and so that's like the only case I can ever think of him where I was like okay he actually does shit that I actually genuinely laugh at I'm gonna be real I can't think of a single moment in this movie where he made me laugh he made me laugh no what what I will say is um we we may disagree on this agree with this partially whatever Mm. this movie I've never seen it before, but I've seen I've seen clips of it before, and I'm aware of its notoriety. We I even used to quote the the put the cookie down in college just because it's it's one of my all time favorite Arnold lines. Yeah, of course that's, that's um, classic. But I, it's strange. I don't understand the amount of hate that the movie gets because I don't think it's terrible, and I mm. think that most of that has to do with Phil Hartman who is doing this side story where he's like schmoozing Arnold's wife. Schmoozing is a and very generous word. <laughs> he, he, he's a, he's a lech, but, uh, like sexual assault is more accurate. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, 
Dude, I love Phil Hartman, and I'm sad that he, I'm sad that he's gone. I, I'm a huge fan of his work on The Simpsons. I like his bits on SNL. Like he, he fantastic. And I think this was the last film that he did that came out before uh, his wife killed him. Yeah, uh, which is kind of sad to think about. Like, I mean, not just that, but the fact that it was this. Um, yeah. But he keeps me from like outright hating this movie because I I love watching him any scene any scene that he's in I can't help it and part of me is just imagining Lionel Hutz <laughs> for all you <laughs> Simpsons fans out there just Lionel Hutz is is the character in this role. I mean yeah fair enough whatever it's, does it for you it's a work <laughs> mine, it's a work like, of beauty. See mine that kind of kept me through I weirdly enough was Sinbad. Um, like, really? He was just so ups- <laughs> like the whole movie is absurd. Like, and yes. I, and I and I swear I'm going to talk about the the sequel. I, we, the we'll remake. get to it. I will. It's a remake. <laughs> it's not a fucking sequel. I don't care if it has a two on it. It has nothing to do with the original. It's anyway crazy. Um, he, this whole movie is so over the top in every case. Like the the movie ends with them having a legit jetpack fight. Um. <laughs> Like, fucking Iron Man who? Coming in here, you know, like, doing it, like, ten years earlier. Um, but, like, Sinbad really is just kind of, like, in this and just decided, okay, fuck it. I'm gonna chew this scenery like gum. And just, like, every scene he's in, I'm like, I, I'm enjoying this more. Like, I, this is more fun than watching this Howard guy be a complete, absolute prick. And it's just, like... Being a terrible father and husband and just general person overall, um, you know, this bad guy just coming in like a bat out of hell in every situation, and like just literally just in the end just decides, you know what? I'm totally in this in for the win. I'm gonna dress up as the villain to this character and just completely go balls to the wall with the situation. I'm like, I I can't help but respect that. <laughs> that that is his good moment. For me, because but personally, for me, Sinbad kind of gets on my nerves in this movie. I, I it feel it's yeah. weird because the entire movie is zany over the top to the point where there's there's like a scene in the warehouse that I mentioned during the plot synopsis where they're all beating up each other, like yeah. a big fight breaks out and Arnold punches an elf, which is Vern Troyer dressed as an elf, mm. and it sends him flying backwards like all the way across the warehouse, literal like. Austin Powers shit, I guess, appropriate with Vern Troyer. So so the whole movie is like this, but for some reason, Sinbad, like, participating in this, like, gets on my nerves. I'm like, can you just stop for, like, five seconds? <laughs> but but his turn as, de- as Dementor, dressing up as the Turbo Man villain at the end, I, I was enjoying that the whole time. I was like, yeah, he, he he's, like, full in on it now. This His evil villain backstory of not getting a single toy... And so now he's an alcoholic whose life is in ruins. Okay. Yeah. But, like, uh... <laughs> like, let's just bring this all home. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I had to respect, I had to respect the movie at least for that. I still didn't like, I still could not stand the Howard character ultimately, but like, I think that's a pretty common criticism. <laughs> I think he's the weakest part of the movie. I mean, we even yeah. both just said Phil Hartman's my favorite Sinbad's your favorite. It's like, where's Arnold <laughs> factor into this? Oh, he doesn't. He yeah he is there, um, but like oh my god you know what I'm just gonna get this out of the way because it's not really a comparison talking point but really what really confounded me about the movie is the fucking parade itself 
Did you notice they got like Sonic the Hedgehog and the Cat yeah. in the Hat and Charlie Brent, like all these characters running around? I was like, what the fuck? Does you licensing this- work for like? Well, it has to because they say Cat in the Hat by name. It's yeah. crazy. I'm guessing it was just like part of the studio that like made this movie. Um, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's it's kind of weird. <laughs> I think like. It almost gives the air of, I think they really wanted to be able to do this at the Macy's Day Parade, but oh, yeah, they maybe. couldn't <laughs> really justify that, and so they just ended up being like, well, we got these costumes, that's close <laughs> enough, I guess. That's close enough. This is the original Ready Player One, that's what this is. Fuck me. I, 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 don't, I, I, I don't want you to bring that into the universe, That even the concept of that. <laughs> um, but kind of Jumping not necessarily super gracefully over to the the remake, just because like you know we've we've spent a lot of time talking about Arnold. Let's give him a break, and he's getting up right. there in years. Um, I'm having a bit of a crisis with the remake. <laughs> uh huh. I want to hear it. Um, it. I didn't hate it. Like, <laughs> I would. I'm gonna be real, dude. Like, when I first watched the original Jingle All the Way, I was like, okay, this is, like, typical 90s kind of stuff. I'm gonna probably going to be kind of weighed against it. It's just not really my thing. Um, and I knew the movie existed. I, I just never had seen it, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then finding the se- the the remake of it, um, I was just kind of like, I mean, like, okay, I can't imagine what this is. And seeing Larry the Cable Guy as, like, top billing, I was like, Jacob, you have to vet these some be- a bit better. Like, my God, man. No, um, this time I knew. Okay. <laughs> this time I, I knew. Had a, I had a feeling, honestly. Um, but going through it, like, it was silly and it was dumb and there didn't seem to be really many lines of logic and there were a lot of, like, scenes or jokes that kind of, like, either went nowhere or just kind of, like, went straight to the end a lot quicker than I expected. Um, but all throughout it, like, I couldn't, like, I had times when I laughed. Like, I had times when I laughed, and there were moments where it was like, this is just a silly situation. It's like, okay, what's going on? Like, there's a scene with, when he's dressed up as, like, a homeless guy getting, like, this toy from, the mall, from like, the mall Santa. And he starts getting chased by these, like, church parishioners, and they're just, like, yelling, Santa! after him and I was like this is just kind of silly um, and it's just like I don't know what's happening It's like, and he's getting into this like teddy bear fight with Arwen from the sweet life of Zack and Cody <laughs> and like this whole thing of like I watched Matrix 37 times I'm like that's silly and stupid and yet it made me laugh in that situation because again it's Arwen from fucking sweet life of Zack and Cody and it's just like this whole thing of like the scene where they're, it's just like, it's just dead straight on shots of them meant to be like them hitting each other with the bears. And it's clearly like different, like, like film aids hitting them with the bears to kind of create this chaotic situation. I can help but find it kind of charming. It was like silly. They weren't trying to do anything super insane or special with it. It was just like, there's a genuine, there was a line of very, like a genuineness going through the whole thing that I was like, I don't know why I don't. I'm ending up liking this in some ways. <laughs> well, this is a this is a fucking coup. I know. I, uh, <laughs> it's it's admir- it, it's admirable at the very least. I'll give it that. 
or yeah. I'll give you that, but I can I cannot. Uh, I can. I fully understand <laughs> it. I fully understand it, and like I have like. I'm honestly more mad at myself <laughs> that this is how I've come out of the, the like come out of this situation, but like it's like there are so many times where it just isn't funny, but it's like yeah. it never tries that hard, and I think that's why I respect it as much as I do because like when Jingle of the when the original isn't funny, I know for a fact that they had like a whole thing of like setting up the whole thing of like, oh, he's going to get chased by a reindeer through this guy's house out of fucking nowhere. And he's going to like set things on fire. He's going to throw flaming logs at the, these carolers. I didn't laugh once or have any good time in that scene exactly once. And I knew that that was meant to be like this whole big thing. Like they were predicting like, oh, the theater's going to be up, like up roaring with laughter the whole time. And then I just look back at the remake and just again, like just thinking of random scenes, um, like, you know, just like the whole situation with the bull riding. It's like, that's an absurd situation. And it's like, 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 oh yeah, that's a silly, fun concept of like, oh, that was actually just second prize. And that's the whole situation of like, ironically being too good for the situation. Womp, womp. Um, that's literally, that's literally the end of a Looney Tunes short, but then yeah. like, Daffy pulls out a pistol and shoots himself or something. But like, again, the fact that it really wasn't trying any harder than like a lower budget Looney Tunes skit. I just couldn't necessarily be that mad at it when things fell flat. Cause I was like, I mean like, yeah, a lot of this is falling flat, but like, it's also probably got the budget of like a, you know, midsize sedan. <laughs> I, I alluded to it in my opening stinger, but honestly, if Larry, the cable guy was not in this, I wouldn't hate it as much as I do. I would just be like, meh, because it really is. It's just, it's, it's a Hallmark movie is what it yeah. is. It, even the ending, the ending is so, like, I I would see this on, like, the Lifetime channel or something. Yeah. But Larry the Cable Guy is waddling his way through this movie, and I can't, I cannot stand his shtick. Yeah. It's weird, it's weird because a lot of times he doesn't necessarily try to be funny, and the obvious route to go through, especially for Larry the Cable Guy, is the same thing that they try to do with Arnold in the original, like... He's an unattentive father, and he can be shitty sometimes, but they don't really do that. Larry the Cable Guy, in the world of the movie, is, like, the perfect father. He's just lazy. He He's a trucker part-time, and he eats, like, fruity pebbles every morning. Like, he, he he's the antithesis of the Victor character, basically. But it's like the character itself is not designed to be funny, but Larry the Cable Guy still tries to do, like, his stand-up shtick sometimes. Mm. And I find that really irritating. He makes, like, five shit jokes in the movie. Like, yeah. five. I counted them. Yeah, those were definitely <laughs> the biggest attractors. <laughs> and I, I called one out in the plot synopsis because he, he literally... It's a hostage situation. He threatens this Santa. He sits on his lap and he's like, I just had Mexican. I'm gonna shit all over your lap. And I'm like, this, this is what I was expecting the entire movie to be going into it. And and you're right. To be fair, there's not as much in there as there could have been. But still, just his very presence yeah. drives think, me to the brink. <laughs> I think I have the benefit that, like, I have somehow avoided basically any direct contact with Larry the Cable Guy's content throughout my life. Like, the extent of it, I'm pretty sure, was just Cars. 
Um, <laughs> he, he voiced Mater, right? Yeah. Okay, just making sure. I didn't want to just say that and be completely dead wrong. <laughs> no, you were right. He, he, okay. he was in Cars. So the unfortunate thing is, is that I grew up with Larry the Cable Guy and oh. Jeff Foxworthy and Bill Engvall because my I... dad was a huge blue-collar comedy tour fan. I'm not just going to throw my dad under the bus on this. His entire side of the family, to some extent, are big blue-collar comedy fans. Like, and so I would be all... hearing these CDs in the car rides. And I'm like, oh my God, turn it off. Yeah, it's ultimately fine. Like, you know, everyone's allowed to like what they like, but, you know, I'm no, very... No, no, it's fair. I'm very, like, I'm very sorry that you were subjected to that. Like, I feel yeah. like you're, you're owed financial compensation. <laughs> I just... The fact that I've been able to avoid it as I have means, like, I went into this and saw him in it and was like, I didn't really have any particular expectations for the guy. And so, even when he was doing the bits that were clearly meant to be stand-up, I was just kind of like, okay, this is just a dude just kind of being stupid. Which, like, again, gets a lot of leeway in my book because so much shit in the original is basically just chaos. But a lot of it, it's, it's, it's again, it's, you know, what's like the colloquial term, an idiot plot of could this situation be avoided if the, all the characters in, involved were not complete idiots? I'm like, yes. It, it makes no sense that this guy is as dumb as he is. Just He just absurdly inattentive and just like gets him itself fully into the situation. And I feel no, you know, I feel no, like I don't feel bad for him for him in this situation. It's like, yeah, dude, you fucking, this is weird and you're weird and you're getting all the shit fucked up for no reason. Whereas everything that happens in the remake, it's like, okay, this is just, this, this guy just is a stupid character. That's his whole point. And that means the idiot plot makes sense in context, at least. Yeah. I and 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 even then, it's like the plot is really only done by a misunderstanding rather than by like just genuine neglect. <laughs> One true, two that misunderstanding like also that that was such a groaner. It is so <laughs> hallmarky in the fact that the yeah. letter like reassembles itself. I'm like, oh my god. I will say though that like. I've seen uh, worse conceits for the fil- for films. Like, honestly, I've seen, like, the whole shit with the original. It's just this little kid being a little shit for this one, like, Tickle Me Elmo of the Year thing. Whereas this one, it's just like, oh, no, these guys were just, like, so wrapped up with their own bullshit that they assumed that it must be a toy. <laughs> right. Like, that, has Which more, I guess- that alone has more depth than a lot of movies we've watched on this, on this show. I mean, if you're going to start comparing them to our backlog, then no doubt this this movie gets like four stars. Yeah. But, uh, but that being said, I I don't know. I At least Larry the Cable Guy's character is like a good father. He's like a better father than Arnold. But at least Arnold's plight, I feel, is more relatable. Just even if we've seen like the overworked father who's unattentive done to death, which we 100% have, just... Seeing all the zany, wacky, whatever that Larry, the cable guy, and Arwen, the Zack and Cody guy, get up to because they misread this letter, it it, it might be too far gone for me to get the plot going. If it wasn't as zany, then maybe, but it's like, oh, all this is tied back. I don't know, because in my mind, logically, I should be like, well, of course it's something stupid like that because the movie is insane and out of its mind. But 
having watched it and like experiencing it for some reason i feel like it should be more grounded or something to like tether some aspect of this movie to reality i don't know i think uh, i think i ended up just buying into whatever weird quasi world they've invented like hallmark movies do have this beautiful tendency of like they are able to turn this one small town basically into the entire world like they have a ro- revolving newscast and this one news like news reporter like constantly updating on just like local stuff because like this is th- these are like local channels showing yeah, like oh, it's a small town yeah this small town of like oh this specific town that is run out of this specific toy and that like that's all that's on and that's all that they're needing to report on and they're reporting on it with such genuine like attentiveness and everything i'm like Okay, I'm pretty sure this is just the only town in reality in this world. Yeah, um, it, it, the world does not exist. This and the yeah, Poconos are the only but, things that exist in this world. Basically, like, and just like with the addition again of like the fucking the shining twin girls and everything, <laughs> I just have fully bought into that. This this is just an oddball world that they're in, and I'm just like kind of going with it. And it's not so oddball to the point of like you know like Tim Burton esque stuff where it's just like kind of just like off-putting it's just like things are just kind of weird here <laughs> that's about it <laughs> it's like i kind okay. of like i was weirdly able to buy into their world somehow <laughs> so so long as we're talking about the insanity of this world and actually buying into it that actually leads me perfectly into my next little bit here mm. which um there was a part of this movie i i'm not kidding that gave me a really bad headache <laughs> like i I thought I was going to have an aneurysm and it, it really shouldn't have, but I, I was trying to buy into how crazy this world was. I might uh, for, know for what the you're remake. talking about. I might know what you're talking about, but yeah, okay. go on. I hope so. So constantly what is happening is Larry, the cable guy uh, in this movie exists in a video game where he goes on a side quest to obtain a bear uh, he fails, he goes back to the diner, which is the hub world, and then he goes on another quest to get a bear, right? Yeah. Um, so at one point, so constantly what's happening throughout this movie, which he even does with the twins who end up attacking him, he sees people with a bear, and he's like, where'd you get that bear? Everyone's getting a bear except for him, which does not really, is not reflected in the end of the movie, but whatever. Um, yeah. So at one point, he's walking around and all these people have bears and they're flipping bears in the air and they're juggling bears. And this one late, this one guy's like going to eat a bear sandwich. And I'm fully bought in that this is reality. Now this is actually happening because this is what the world wants to happen. Mm. So, and then he drives to, uh, the toy store that he's been to like three times throughout this movie and that guy, who I'm pretty sure is Alex Zam, the director of the movie, is behind the counter. And Larry's like, give me the bear. And so the clerk pulls up a Larry the Cable Guy bear. And remember, I'm still bought into this, but yeah. now I'm like, did this guy... Because Larry and this this guy just had a fight earlier in the movie. So I'm like, did the guy like make a bear to get back at him? And then it says Larry the Cable Guy's catchphrase, which is more confusing because in the movie, his name is Larry. So I'm like, is he supposed to be Larry the Cable Guy in the movie world? 
And I, I, and then he pulls up the Victor Bear, which all the kids really want. And I literally, I did not realize that this was a dream sequence until like 20 minutes later because I actually paused the movie because <laughs> I had to stop. <laughs> you, you were having a crisis of, you were having an existential crisis, my man. It actually hurt my head because the movie was so crazy that a dream sequence, they, they actually fooled me into thinking that it was real life. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta say, Jake, is that a criticism or one of the greatest compliments you could ever give about something? Uh, I took two Tylenol, so I'm going to give it a big thumbs down. <laughs> I yeah, wow, that's, I mean, that's yeah, like that's honestly astounding. <laughs> I take it you had absolutely no problems with that scene. I mean, like I kind of figured it was a dream sequence at a certain point. But, like, I could definitely see how you could totally buy into it. Like, yeah, the movie just, like, it doesn't... This movie is so fucking weird, okay? Like, it's... Movies are usually able to just kind of establish tone pretty directly out of the gate. The original did it just with, like, you know, it opened up with the whole, like, action sequence with the turbo doll thing. Um... And just, like, the whole thing of being, like, silly, and it's like, oh, you know, this isn't actually reality, but, oh, it turns out, you know, things are actually pretty crazy and wacky and action-packed. This movie, this the remake, is so weird with its tone, and that it is almost impossible to tell where the point is when it actually establishes it firmly, that it's... I can't tell if it's infuriating or brilliant. I'm pretty sure it's just infuriating. <laughs> But, like, the fact that that could happen for you, and the fact that I could never get too angry at it, like, physically, I just could not bring it to myself to be like, this is so bad, I need to pause it. I normally need to pause movies a lot. Like, normally, like, I have a thought in my head, or whatever. Maybe it's just the fact that it's basically just a Hallmark movie, and they're basically just, like, eating, it's basically, like, the white rice of movies, where it's like, if you can't handle that, I don't know what you could handle. Um... But I was able to pretty much watch the thing, this thing through start to finish with minimal pauses for like moments of like, that was actually weirdly funny or what the fuck is going on there? Um, like, I, it, I don't, I don't know what's happening, Jake. <laughs> That's crazy to me. Also, was that the scene that you were thinking I was going to bring up or? It wasn't. I think it was, I think the <laughs> thing was like, when, I think it was going to be like when, they were having like the weird like back alley handoff when they were like with um like the you know the the little person like as the elf and everything. Oh yeah, I figured, sort of reflecting the 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 warehouse stuff from the first yeah. movie. Yeah, like I figured, I figured that was gonna kind of be it. Just like of how like there's nothing of again, it's nothing overtly absurd about the situation because like okay, yeah, all these characters have been established. They're not directly poking fun at the guy just because he's short and everything. They even show him to be very competent as a person because he's straight up judo flips larry um mm. and he's just like he clearly is friends with you know the uh, like the main clerk guy and so like it actually all feels very serious and doesn't feel like it's it's more just like oh this is just kind of a situational thing and so i i figured that was gonna i figured that was gonna be it for any number of reasons but again okay. like just looking back on it i'm like i feel like that scene should have made me angrier but i'm not it was well <laughs> enough made 
it was like it didn't go anywhere, but none of the movie went anywhere. Also, did you like the bit that they keep bringing up with the the toy store clerk where he goes through all the holidays, all the holiday stuff, and Larry gets frustrated? He, oh. he really just wants to be like, Christmas is fine, okay? Yeah. You, <laughs> I think at one point he, he goes, yeah, yeah, Merry Christmas and all those different languages, which... It's something to that effect, yeah. Yeah, in in the movie, which in the movie is fine because the character is a stupid guy. So I don't know. Maybe in the world of this movie, the conceit is Larry literally thinks Hanukkah is a different language for Christmas. But in the real world of Larry the Cable Guy, is an actual person. I'm like, you piece of shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't be that guy. Like I can't. Like how are we still having these jokes? <laughs> Like, oh, there's like, there's other holidays around this time that's a really significant time of year. Like, fucking shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Plus, uh, not to get... I don't want to get into politics, but, I mean, Larry the Cable Guy is that person in real life. So... Yeah. <laughs> like, fucking, we, we, we walked ourselves into this one. Come on. For fuck's yeah, sake, the original movie do? had a guy who was a governor for a long time. He was the governor. That's true. Oh, but I and and the thing is, is that it's it's strange. Uh, Arnold's presence in the original movie is definitely a detractor. Don't get me wrong, but everything else around him, for me at least, makes up for it. I guess it, it it's sort of like the borrowers, which I would have hated a lot more had. I guess it's sort of the inverse of The Borrowers, where, to be honest, I don't like a lot of that movie, but John Goodman, and everything he does in it, saves it for me. This is like the inverse, where it's like Arnold is actively trying to wreck my enjoyment of the movie, but everything else is making it so that I don't, if that makes any sense at all. I Uh, think... (laughs) (laughs) I I think so. Um... I like all the people they bring in. I like Martin Mull. I like Robert Conrad. I already praised Phil Hartman. They get Curtis Armstrong in, in the last second. Uh, he as the uh, um, I don't remember the name of the character. He's Turbo Man's sidekick character. You oh. know they they get all these fun people in. Uh, so I don't know. I I still I still enjoyed it and had fun with it. It was just like another zany nineties whatever. Which, uh, as bad as those can be, I found it, I just found that, I don't know, maybe, maybe I was overlooking the really crazy, most of the really crazy elements of the remake until that fucking dream sequence that tricked me, uh, and was just looking at the milk toast Hallmark movie that was, it was sort of built on top of. Yeah. Uh, I and think maybe just, that's my fault. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I truly don't understand why my brain likes certain things certain times. So, like, I fault, I have no, I don't fault you at all for, like, not finding anything near as interesting as I seem to have found with this fucking film. Um, and, and I, it, honestly, it probably just does come down to bias, I guess, because I just, I can't, I, I cannot stand secondhand embarrassment films where like the whole conceit of it is like this character has ended up in a situation that is truly like cringeworthy and everything of like, Oh, he's having to do all this absurd stuff to get this doll and everything. And it's just like, I, I, I end up putting myself in those situations and I'm just like, I can't 
I just can't, and, and 90s movies do that so goddamn much. Like, that's their whole thing, is like, is secondhand embarrassment for me. Um, and so it's just difficult for me to enjoy them for long periods. Like, there are scenes and everything, like, I can enjoy, like, for as much crap as I gave it the absurdity of it, like, that final action sequence in the original was, yeah, it was, it was funny and stupid. I loved it. Um, I think, you know, I still wanted to root for Sinbad's character in the end because I still think he's just funnier. <laughs> um, and, but I know comparing that to Arnold's, like, fucking, that's a low fucking bar. Um, but God damn it with the new one, there's just, I, there's just so many moments where it could have gone to like an nth level, like loony, like the original one did. And I, if it had done that, I would have immediately just been like, I'm done. This is too much. It's stupid. But the fact that it kept it within Hallmark movie levels means that it never broke that threshold for me. I never got to the point where I was like, okay, this is just a truly cringeworthy situation. Because again, with Larry the Cable Guy's whole persona, there was never a moment where I felt like I could truly be in that situation. It's just, he's just kind of bumbling around. It's like, okay, yeah, this is just silly. It's like, I'm not meant to find any kind of direct connection with this character. It's just kind of, he's just kind of doing his best. <laughs> it's just like... Right. And and I mean, I get what you're saying with the secondhand embarrassment stuff too. Uh, I, I think because some... It's not as absurd as the remake, don't get me wrong, but it has some of those absurdist elements, which I guess maybe keeps me from getting the secondhand embarrassment, because I'm like, I'll never be in this situation. Yeah. But I, I totally get what you're... I mean, that's why I don't like Ben Stiller, or any of his comedy, because I would say 90% of the movies that Ben Stiller's in, it's that he is, like, the average guy, the put-upon guy, and the world is out to get him, and Robert De Niro's out to get him, you know... <laughs> So, I get it. Yeah. It's... I just... I don't... Maybe I just have a soft spot for Hallmark movies, honestly. I think I could get right down to it. I think, like... That's one of the few... Like... It's one of the few things you get on, like, Christmas time TV or, like, really any kind of holiday time TV or really any time TV where it's pretty just, like there and it's not doing anything wrong like so much stuff now can be so polarizing so much stuff now can just be like so whatever the hell and that everyone has a hard opinion about it how the fuck can you have a hard opinion about you know the eighty thousandth hallmark movie set at christmas with a character whose name is literally noel yeah um, oh my god like <laughs> it truly is not trying to do anything in particular and with the world of media that we're in at this point I can't, but I can't help but like, sort of love that, and like I grew up watching assorted Hallmark movies between like with my mom and with my grandma, and they've always just kind of held that kind of soft spot for me, and so I think that might ultimately be it. It really, like I said, I think it ultimately comes down to bias because of that very reason that I am so goddamn sick of this Marvel tainted world that something as simple as oh this lazy. Do, do nothing dad just trying his best against this like chauvinistic oh like super rich guy dad and ultimately both showing genuine growth by the end not a lot but at least some um is is enough for to i don't know like reignite my heart a little <laughs> like my my soul doesn't oh. feel as my soul doesn't feel as dead anymore <laughs> i think 
for everything we've said, I think in reality, one of my main issues is just how stationary a lot of those movies feel. Mm-hmm. And and some of that is because, oh, it takes place in a small town. Everyone knows each other. There's not not many places to go. But it, it feels... How do I explain the... If, if I were to, like, take the settings and the backdrops of each of these movies and, like, draw a graph, the original Jingle All the Way would be, like, a jagged line from point to point going everywhere. Mm-hmm. And the remake would be... It would look like a flower. There'd be a circle in the middle that represents that fucking diner. And then yep. each little petal loop would be like... Like, oh, this is the toy store, this is the warehouse, this is the homeless shelter where he cons homeless people. You know, this is the tree farm, uh, which also oddly doesn't go anywhere. Did did you find that strange? I barely the, even the remember Christ- it. it. Yeah. <laughs> he went to that Christmas tree farm because his daughter guilts him into getting, like, an actual tree. And this woman, I don't know, the way that her and Larry interact, it feels like they're setting up, like, a romantic thing. But it doesn't go anywhere. I feel like that happened a and couple of times. And he doesn't end up getting, and he doesn't end up getting a tree either. Yeah. So. <laughs> I so am, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm sure there's some like like someone did a brief film analysis that this is like some variation of like purgatory or something. Oh yeah, someone did a creepy cartoon fan theory for Jingle All the Way too. Which like I feel like could be describing any Hallmark movie. Ultimately, I think <laughs> I think that it really kind of is does sum it up as like the fact that these kind of movies don't ever go anywhere. It really just, they're just in purgatory. They are just like in this situation where like you can't leave the, like the two central conceits to um, any kind of plot is one of two things. It's either a man goes on a trip or a stranger comes to town. Yes. Um, and I, I guess the original is a man goes on a trip ultimately. Um, yeah. Because he's going through all these like exotic, like weird sh- shitty situations. I don't, think there's really anything because you can't like it's ultimately like a man goes on a trip for the remake but he doesn't really go anywhere he goes on, he goes on <laughs> a man goes on a short several short walks yeah <laughs> like that's kind he of he loops what it around is. the block four times <laughs> yeah and every time he stops he gets uh he gets more food at the diner uh yeah. But like, deep fried everything hold the salad which was hilarious to me uh, um but yeah, like again, again, like there was a lot of those moments where I was just like, oh, for fuck's sake. But yeah, I honestly, like, ultimately, at the end of the day, can you, you can't really ask for much more than that in some occasions. Like, there's a situation for everything, and sometimes you just want to walk around the block. <laughs> honestly, I, like, I guess so. It, I, I think I'm just, again, I think I just have so much, I think I'm just so drained from all these movies that have to set up these insane universes or these insane setups like hearing teasers years and years in advance i've been getting the fucking like trailers or months and months in advance i'm getting the fucking trailer for scream five for like eight for like months and it feels like a year now um it's not even halloween anymore scream um, five and eternals i have every time i go to the movies i see those trailers yeah i'm, I'm just like i can i can we stop there's got to be other movies one time and I just I got the trailer yeah, for that new Cohen project, and I'm like, oh, show me that again. Yeah, like the yeah, like that was the <laughs> Macbeth one, right? Yeah, it looks so good. It looks so good. I like, show me that this, every time. It, that's the kind of shit I mean. It's like, why can't I just I miss 
just something that was just straightforward. It's like, here is a movie. Here is when they are doing something. Um, and I'm going to talk about this more. And because an actor, I, I think I, I, I really like it's something Selvig. Um, he had a whole like talk about like, there's a recent movie that came out called um, The Last Duel that flopped pretty hard. And yeah. uh, fucking, what's his face? I think it was Scorsese, actually. I mean, it was, no, sorry, it was Ridley Scott. Um, and he, like, lambasted folks saying, like, oh, it's cause it's like the whole, like, millennial generation. They didn't, like, care, like, some shit about watching things on their phones or whatever. Um, and this guy, Selvig, who's, like, the same age as Scott, basically came in and was like, no, and basically ripped that theory to shreds. It's like, no. It's because this whole environment that's been created in the film industry by Marvel and all these big budget things are destroying the concept of just a single film. Like you can't do mid-budget films anymore because they don't get any of the, you can't have that sort of thing anymore. Like one thing they said is that the movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, it showed in theaters in Norway for something like revolving for something like 20 years, like Movies just like stuck around and just like entered the popular zeitgeist just over time like that. You cannot do that anymore. Like you can't just have a movie just staying in the theater. Like you can have it brought back like ten years later maybe, but with how all how fast and how money driven all these movies are, you just can't. And so, especially not in just the climate, the streaming sort of climate period. Right. People aren't going to theaters as often. And I'll I'll say I've. I've actually heard decent things about The Last Duel, and I'm interested to see it. But that is not a theater movie for me. I could care less whether I see that in the theaters, yeah. to be honest. And honestly, for me, like, I think the conceit is pretty, it's honestly kind of like, eh. And also, it's basically just being like, oh. That's fine, too. It's, it's like, oh, it's another situation of medieval times when a dude is basically just, like, pushing himself onto a woman. The woman gets blamed, and people have to die for it. It's like... It's, really, that's not a great thing to hear about, folks. Like, we still deal with shit like that now. <laughs> um, no, we're over it. <laughs> we're past that. Um, yeah, we're, we're on to the next thing, which I don't know what the fuck the next thing's gonna be. Jim um, all the way three. Oh, God. But the, the, to end this diatribe and this weird soapbox <laughs> I found myself on that was driven by a Larry the fucking Cable Guy movie, um, <laughs> I... Truly think I the only reason I have as much respect for this movie as I do is simply because of that whole idea of everything just has to be this massive fucking thing now. And I just can't stand it anymore. Like just the, as something as simple as a guy just doing his best and it's not like ultimately no one has to die. No one has to be in horrible situations. No one has to get arrested. It's ultimately just like things are just okay. They could be better, but they have certainly been worse. And I'm like, that's fine. That's enough for me to be like, yes, this is a good movie. Uh. So um, I don't even know how much we need to, like, restate our theses, you know, write, rewrite the conclusion of our essays here at the end, because I yeah. think we pretty well stated yeah, the I'm, camps I'm sorry. that we're in and why we're in there. <laughs> I'm sorry if I went, if I've been long winded about this. It's just, I'm genuinely like, like I said, when I started talking about it, I'm having a crisis with this. <laughs> I just, I don't understand what's happened. <laughs> it's all right. I like, I like one. You like two. Yeah. Uh, or one and a half or whatever. That's, I, 
really that is just that is a really dumb name for it's, it's this stupid. movie. It's so it should not be called stupid. Jingle All the Way too. It's That's like a they, mistake. They did like they could have just called it Jingle All the Way or like Larry the Cable Guy's Jingle All the Way. Like that would have been fine. They could have called it anything. They could have called called it like Blue Collar Christmas or something. Like I don't even know why it had to be called Jingle All the Way. The plots are only vaguely similar. Like Larry the Cable Guy doesn't have a Sinbad unless you consider Victor, but Victor's pulling the strings, and Larry doesn't even know he's involved until like the fifty minute mark. Like, <laughs> could have called this movie anything. Which also, like, it's, it's <laughs> shocking to me that this thing is, this movie is actually six minutes longer than the original. No, sorry, four yeah. minutes. That's <laughs> like, really? Okay. <laughs> Didn't expect that. They get um, all that all that additional setup, because honestly, this to be fair, Turbo Man, ten minutes in, is when the toy search starts in the original. Harrison the Talking Bear, Larry doesn't start looking for it until, like, 30 minutes in because first he and Victor have to have the dick measuring contest of like, oh, well, he's got fake Calif- uh, fake California snow. I bought real snow. And he gets like crushed by a wave of melted ice. And they, 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 he, he hooks up Christmas lights with car, like car parts and things like there's a lot of fluff at the beginning of the se- the remake. Also. Yeah. Yeah. There's a yeah. There's a lot of parts in this movie where it's just kind of like okay, <laughs> it's like moving on, yeah, um, to the next scene. It's like yeah, it, it really, I, you yeah, you really kind of hit the nail on the head where it's like it really just does feel like a series of side missions, <laughs> <laughs> um, which like again I don't have a problem with like I like games that are like that where it's like oh here's one general goal but here's a bunch of other shit that you can do along the way. That's why I like Witcher Three. <laughs> Would you play an open the open world Larry the Cable Guy game? No. <laughs> like, Would you play it if it was The Witcher, but instead of you, you were playing Larry the Cable Guy instead? I, I mean, like everything else would be the same. It's just like it's just Larry the Cable Guy is also Geralt. Yeah, and and he he says all the lines, and he says "get her done," and instead of like riding wild animals, he like drives around in a pickup. Like, yeah. I mean, like. I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd, pl- I'd that, play I'm that. Sure. That sounds fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'd want to see, like, it's basically just, like, a rev- I, yeah, like, I don't know what the fuck, why I wouldn't do that. That sounds, like, it's, I know it'd be Larry the Cable Guy, but the pure juxtaposition between that and a truly macabre world that is The Witcher, like, yeah, that's, that sounds like a, that sounds like a character study. <laughs> I'd do it. I'd give it a whirl. Yeah, I uh, definitely play as. I definitely like to see a Hallmark movie centered on you know with with instead of Larry the Cable Guy, it's Geralt. Oh, okay. That'd be yeah, fun. yeah. No, that'd I'd, be fun. I'd, that would be fun. For some reason, Which, I thought you were gonna say like a Hallmark movie fighting game. I don't oh. know why. I I don't know why that is what I thought. I mean, but that'd be fun. That'd be fun too. Do they even have a roster really? Or would yeah. they just use, like, the actors and actresses that appear in all their movies? And I'd, I'd say actors and actresses. I think they'd probably just want to okay. get some, like, aggression out. They've probably been so twee for so long, they just need to kind of, like... <laughs> Candace Cameron Beret mains. They just need to start, start fucking putting on, the, putting on the gloves and start swinging. <laughs> God, we're, we need to start writing this shit down. <laughs> These are good ideas, people. Yeah. Philistines. <laughs> oh, my 
God, what the fuck is what the like? Th- this is what this movie has done to me. It has somehow reignited my creative spark. I don't understand what is happening. <laughs> I, I, I have, guess <laughs> how the how Jacob? How on God have I become? Have I spent so many minutes in this in this one episode? like waxing philosophic about like movies at large and like the concept of like grander movies versus like small scale movies versus like, like Blade Runner. I didn't talk about shit this much. Dude, you know, what's really fucked up is like the last time we had a conversation like this on an episode was seven samurai. I exactly. (laughs) This is what Larry did. What the flying hell? (laughs) Oh my god! I have been tr- the, the movie. The movie industry has truly broken me. I I truly just like there are no rules anymore. Like for me, like anything could be good. Anything could be good. Anything that is purported to be good is probably shit. I just I can't I can't trust it anymore. I mean, I generally subscribe to that, but hey, uh, tune in for our three hour, usually three hour, uh, end of year show that we'll do at the end of the year because it's pretty much just all this. Yep. <laughs> it's all I, this. <laughs> I've gotten so much of it out of me now, I'm going to have to fucking rediscover, I'm going to have to fucking bring it back for that. Oh, Lord. I think I, I think I've spoken my piece. Uh, I mean, I think I over. have to, I don't think there's, I, I literally think there's nowhere else we can go with this. We, we've both uh, stated. We have where, gone where we stand. I think I've gone far beyond what I could possibly have stated. And yet here I am about jingle all the way to, I, I, I am like normally at the end of these, I'm usually like kind of drained and being like, okay, you know, I've gotten all like my kind of like creative juices out and everything. This shit has literally done the opposite. It has gotten me like, I want to go like write something now. Like what the fuck? Actually that, huh? Like, well, I, I got to get something to eat. Maybe that'll tire me down, but well, yeah, obviously. yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll have that for like 10 minutes. Then the ADHD will kick in somewhere. I'll be like, I'm going to sleep for a month. <laughs> God damn uh, well, you! God damn you! Fucking what was his name? Daniel Lawrence Whitney. Yeah, Daniel. That, Bo- oh yeah, his I'm real name. Surprised you remembered that. I yeah, I had I. I mean, it's kind of hard to forget. It's both so not his name, and also it's so like you said before we started recording. So milk toast. Yeah, it's very a very vanilla name. Yeah. Um, but. All right. I guess I'll. I'll guess I'll hop into socials then. Go right ahead, but, bud. Uh, you can go ahead and check us out on any podcasting platform you like. We're on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Spreaker, Podbay, Podomatic, iHeartRadio, YouTube, all the lovely things. But we're also on Anchor, who is our host. Um, go ahead and uh, leave reviews. You know, the those five stars help. We're still at a perfect five stars, which I love. Um, can't get no better than can't get no better than that. That is on the iTunes store. I'm not sure how many how many platforms handle their their reviews, but I'm sure I'd get notifications if they came in. Um, but, uh, hey, also, you can follow us on socials, at it remade on Twitter. Uh, we go ahead and post updates there for future podcast episodes, podcast episodes that just released, potential future podcast episodes. Ooh. Full circle diagrams I like to put together and little uh, snippets and posters of movies and shows and games that we've been recently talking about. Uh, watching, playing, what have you. Uh, and go ahead and send us an email. They remade it at gmail.com with any uh, reviews, uh, comments that you have, disdain if you have it, or suggestions. We just recently got another 
uh, batch of suggestions, which we will definitely be looking at for the year of 2022. Heck yeah, because we don't know... Okay, you know a lot more remix than I do. I don't know jack shit. <laughs> and when someone sends me things, I'm like, yeah, more laziness. Yeah, I could just do this and then and then thank someone. That's yeah, my job. I f- it's, it's like I work. get, I, we get to have a film that we get to review. I don't have to do the work, and I actually feel good for like, com- like you know, for commenting on someone's effort to enjoy our show. Yeah, <laughs> it's a triple win. <laughs> thank you all. For, for for facilitating my laziness. Oh, but that is it for socials. Oh man, I yeah, like I truly did not expect it by the end. Like I said, going into this is like I got some words to say. I really did think by like the one hour mark, a lot of my like gusto would have been gone. But no, here I am at the hour, and at least for recording the hour and forty two mark. Um, I'm sure like once edited down, it'll be a bit less. But yeah, it will. But like, what the hell? <laughs> I, I, I honestly feel bad that I didn't talk about the original nearly as much as I probably should have. But ultimately, like, what can be said? But then again, what could be said about the remake? <laughs> I, I, I think I think we did service uh, uh, as well, because the, the main talking points you brought up for the original are kind of the exact same ones that I had. Whereas yeah. we kind of diverged on the remake, uh, which lent to more discussion. So I, I think it was good for what we could do. Yeah, fair enough. Ugh. Lord above. <laughs> like, I'm I'm not even kidding. I'm probably like, I've been trying to do some more like creative work. I'm probably going to go do that after this. I've been trying to work on like some, some D&D homebrew stuff and everything. And I'm just like, I'm, I, I got some juice left in me. I'm going to go try to flesh out a bit more of that. That's nice. Yeah, if I wasn't if I wasn't already uh, tired because I get up so fucking early, oh, yeah, I might true. like work on some video game stuff or some writing. So <sighs> maybe I'll put that on the docket. See if I feel the same way tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, th- I can't believe I ever say this. Thank you, Larry the Care. Nope, nope, can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank nope, you, da- da- Danny, Danny Whitney, a- Alex Zam, which I. <laughs> I can't fucking say that name without giggling because that's just fun. <laughs> Alexam. What the hell was that? Randy Cornfield. Thank you. <laughs> what the fuck are these movies? Oh, oh, I think yeah, I think that's enough. <laughs> I've had it. Welcome, welcome to the Christmas season, folks. We get well. Hey, we for once we also have a another Christmas one coming at you next time. So one more fin- finale, uh, finale episode, and it's a big one. Well, it's I a am, big topic, but yeah, I, I'm excited for it. I'm genuinely excited for it. So. I, I'm looking forward to it too. Yeah. So I'm sure many of you probably guessed it by how hard I teased it in the previous one, but whatever. Miracle <laughs> on Thirty Fourth Street. Hooray! And the remake where it's set in space. Oh. Or like the miracle, a miracle and zombies on 34th Street. Yes, that's true. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I think I've had enough. Okay. <laughs> As always, I am your host, Stuart. And I'm your host, Jacob. Have a good night.
cookies. I gotta get the recipe from Les. Put that cookie down now. 